This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Do not adjust your radio dials. No, off and running on a Sunday. Yes, a Sunday, April 11th. Hey, you, how you doing? Jam-packed for the next uh, couple of hours. Let's roll through it, people. It is the Gordon Damer Show, a special Sunday edition of the Gordon Damer Show here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York. That's a little bit different, but the the number is the same, of course. The number, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. Uh, you are still ignoring me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Twitter, where uh, voting continues on the TV theme throwdown. The quest that we've been having during the uh, ESPN New York Tonight shows to crown the greatest television theme song of all time. And not to give too much away because the voting is still open, but uh, it's not looking good, people. That's all, I can, I, that's all I'll say at this point in time. There, were four, there are four options currently. I think you could make a solid case for any of three of them. And, of course, it's the fourth one that's winning right now. But we'll not get into that tonight. We'll get into that this afternoon. We'll get into that tomorrow night when ESPN New York uh, tonight resumes. But uh, speaking of not looking good, we got more than enough on our plate to uh, deal with there because we got to talk about the Yankees, who at least have scored some runs today. Not enough runs today, but they have at least scored some runs today. We got to talk about the Mets, who have had their issues so far in the go- early going of the season. And, of course, tonight, critical Knicks game. Critical Knicks game. Well, critical, Gordon. Knicks Raptors is critical here on uh, April. Yes, actually, it is. We're starting to get to that crisis point of the next season, but uh, we'll get into that as we are with you here for the next couple of hours up until 5 o'clock. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. Yesterday, I had a show yesterday that we spent a lot of time talking about the uh, Jets trade of Sam Darnold. And I preface it by saying, well, look, we have spent so much time this offseason talking about Sam Darnold that this is probably like the last days of disco to talk about Sam's time with the Jets, right? The trade happened when? Tuesday? And uh, we, we looked at all the different angles of it. But at this point, you know, it, it is what it is. It, he's, he's now gone. The Jets are clearly going to take uh, Zach Wilson. And there's more than enough to focus on the future. We don't need to keep uh, picking through the bones of the past. You know, what, uh, what uh, flaws of the organization, what uh, flaws of, on Sam's part, and, and really kind of the lessons moving forward. And I, I feel like I kind of emptied, uh, emptied the reservoir, emptied the tank, as you will, on the topic, and I plan to discuss, you know, more draft stuff today, more looking forward, more of the conversation about Zach Wilson versus Justin Fields versus the other quarterbacks. But, you know, then there was a call at the end of the show yesterday that kind of spun me in a different area. And then last night, I'm flicking through the channels and just re-watching all the same stuff that I always watch. And I saw that Godfather 3 was on last night, and it dawned on me, you know, I've never actually sat and watched Godfather 3. I've seen Godfather 1 a billion times. I've seen Godfather 2 a billion times. Never have made the leap to uh, watch Godfather 3, and uh, that streak remains alive today. I did not watch Godfather 3, although I did see what's the only thing, the only memorable part of Godfather 3 is the one line, just when you thought I was out, they pull me back in. And I feel like that's the same thing with Sam. And again, you know, look, it's done, it's over, we all have to move on, but there are a couple of points that I did want to just kind of focus on again. And certainly if you want to get in on it, 1-800-LAST CHANCE. This is it, people. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. And look, the mistakes were made, right? The terrible drafts, the blame that you put on the organization for failing Sam, they are not, when it comes down to it, the decision to move on from Sam, I continue to see, well, you know, Jets are taking a major risk getting rid of Sam Darnold. I really don't think they are. Because no matter what success Sam has or does not have in the future, it's pretty clear that success would not happen here. You know, for all the times that we'll say, well, look at the Bears. The Bears screwed up because they took Mitch Trubisky at number two in a draft that had Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Well, look, clearly you would rather have those two guys than Mitch Trubisky. But to just simply assume that those two guys would have put up all that would have been the exact same guys in Chicago as opposed to Houston and Kansas City, I think is, is a little, uh, you know, magical thinking. So for all that Sam had gone wrong here, all of that stuff doesn't matter anymore, not just because of the trade, but even before the trade. 
You don't have a time machine to go back and fix the picks, to fix the decisions that were made before he got here, while he was here, and to eliminate all the bad play from Sam, you know, to leave him blameless because the future is going to be this or that. That's not a good plan, and it would have been the wrong plan for the Jets to follow. Now, that also does not mean that I know for sure that Zach Wilson's going to be a star or that they're right for going with Wilson as opposed to Justin. I don't know any of that. We shall see. There certainly seems like a lot of people who are on the, the Zach Wilson bandwagon, not the people that were on the Sam bandwagon. A lot of those people are still driving the Sam bandwagon. Now, the Sam bandwagon has kind of gone like Thelma and Louise, you know, off the cliff, but they're still behind the wheel shouting to the sky, this is going to work. So I just say, you know, they're still on that one. But uh, the, the popular ones that I keep hearing, and one that just drives me nuts, and I heard it today, I heard it today, the streak of a hearing it every single day. Sam was the third pick in the draft only three years ago, you know. He was the third pick in the draft. It was only three years ago he was the third pick in the draft. Uh, okay, that, that is factually true. So what? So what that he was the third? How would that be a sign that he will be good in the future or he'll be better with the, with the Panthers or the Jets? Or the, the fact that he was the third pick in the draft, who cares? There's picks in the draft. There will be picks this year, last year, next year, five years. from. There will be picks in the first round every single year that will not work. Dwayne Haskins was, the what, the 15th pick two years ago? Does that Does anybody say, well, you know what? Dwayne Haskins was the 15th pick in the draft. Well, yeah, that was a mistake. They screwed up by making him the 15th pick in the draft. Josh Rosen, he was the 10th pick in the draft three years ago. Is anybody cutting Josh Rosen? If your organization, be it the Jets, the Jets, whoever, all of a sudden tomorrow went out and said, you know what? Josh Rosen with his 10th pick in the draft three years ago. I think, he, I think we should give him a shot. Would you feel good about that or bad about that? I'm guessing you'd probably feel bad about it. Mitch Trubisky. The aforementioned Mitch Trubisky, he was the second pick in the draft four years ago. Does that mean that, well, you know what, let's move heaven and earth. He was the second pick. Yeah. And it's, it, it's almost like all the Sam is still good calls are stuck in three years ago. That anything that has happened over the last three years are not his fault at all, but it still goes back to him being the third pick in the draft. And I would simply say, outside of being the third pick in the draft, Where's the evidence that he's good? Like, okay, we thought three years, and I was part of it. I, I absolutely thought that Sam Darnold was the right pick. You take a quarterback, you got to find that guy. You've been searching for 50 years. I get all that. But sometimes it's okay to admit you were wrong. So outside of him being the third pick, where is this mountain of evidence that he's good? Now, don't give me, well, he didn't have the, no, 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 no. Don't give me that. We all know that the, he wasn't working with the best of situations, and nobody was expecting him to lift the team to a Super Bowl performance or a playoff team. But you have to have some body of work outside of a play here or there that says, you know what? Surround this guy with talent and, and he will be elevated. He, he will elevate the team as you elevate the talent around him. One good play here or there. For every good play that you have of, of him making, oh, wow, look at this throw he made against the 49ers. Yeah, when they were down 25 points in the fourth quarter and the Niners are like, all right, let's get out of here before anybody else gets hurt on this turf. You know, that one, you have that one play. I will grant you that's a great play. I have 10 of him being bad. And if we all can agree, and, and I think we all do agree, right? Even the people who are the Sam backers, that Mike McCagnan did a terrible job of drafting. Okay then why are we saying that this pick is clearly the exception when we have three years of games that says otherwise? I, I just don't get it. Maybe it's just avoiding what you just don't want to You don't want to face. There's a lot of that, right? Just stick to your guns no matter what the heck happens. And this is not to say that Sam Darnold will go to Carolina and stink. I, I don't know. I think that there's a chance that he will be better, but I don't think that there's much of a shot of him being great or being a top 10 quarterback I think that we've seen enough evidence now it could happen but I think the chances of it are unlikely and as unlikely as it is there I think it was even more unlikely here so I don't really think the Jets took a big chance by trading Sam Darnold I really kind of think it was the only way to go (laughs) 
level with the Yankees is rising by the minute. I, I want to be the voice of calm. I want to be the voice of reason. It's April. It's early. It's the ninth game. And then you have the bases loaded, one out. And all right, just don't hit into a double play here. Just get a, a fly ball to the outfield. What happens? DJ LeMayu grounds into a double play, and the Yankees still trail 4-3 as uh, the Yankees, and Yankees trying to avoid uh, being swept by Tampa as they head to the bottom of the seventh inning. And another game where, you know, the pitching really hasn't been the issue for the Yankees. It's been the offense, right? Like, if you look at 4-3 Rays and uh, Jordan Montgomery gave up a couple of home runs, another one, it's a day where the Yankees play the Rays, so that means you have to give up a home run to Randy Arozarena. Uh, and they did. They've already filled that quota for today, people, so that's out of the way at least. But, uh, yeah, Yankees still trail 4-3 as uh, they move to the seventh inning. But we're talking about the Jets. We're talking about uh, the Sam Darnold stuff because, again, Final time. This is this is it, people. This is the la- until I guess right. Whatever happens this season, and, and let me just kind of predict the future. Let me predict the Twitter future. It's week one of the season. It's the opener of the NFL season, 2021. I, I don't know who Carolina is playing, but let's just assume it's a one o'clock game, and in the first quarter, Sam Darnold hooks up with Robbie Anderson on a. 40-yard touchdown. What will be the tweets? The tweet. This is how. This will. It will be some variety of this. I was told Sam Darnold stinks. That will be the tweet. That's the. That's the mindset of the tweet that will go out week one of the season when Sam Darnold does something well, as if anyone was saying that he's never thrown a touchdown pass before. No, that's not the case. And uh, I would simply try to get back to the uh, the point about uh, you know he was the fir- he was the third pick in the draft three years ago. Every once in a while it happens where teams kind of through just kind of happenstance, they have a bunch of former first-round picks on their team. Generally, and I'd be hard-pressed to come up with one. I know the Dolphins had it one time with Steve Entman and a whole bunch of guys that just didn't pan out other places. And it was like presented as if, no, this team has a lot of talent. They have all these former first-round picks. Yes, all the first-round picks that the team that picked those guys didn't want. So I don't think that just because Sam was the third pick in the draft three years ago, that's any indication that for sure he is now going to go to Carolina and be great. And that's really what the conversation that, – that's the, what the decision is. It's not whether or not Sam could have been better here with more talent. It's whether or not you would have surrounded him with better talent and he would have been great. I think that that's a – it's kind of easy for him to go from where he has been to just kind of mediocre. That, that's not a hard jump to make because, again, over the three years that he's played in the NFL, he has been the lowest-rated passer in the sport. So to go from there to kind of middle of the road where you see a few more plays and a few more games where he plays a little bit more consistently, that wouldn't be hard to do. It's whether or not this is going to be the, the right guy for the next five years. And I, don't th- I, I think that of all the questions that the Jets have this offseason, I think that one's the easiest one to answer, at least from the position they were in. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's start things off with Mel in Jersey. Mel, what's going on, pal? Hey, Gordon. Um, thinking about that draft Sam Darnold was in, Lamar Jackson, he was the later one to be picked. But so far, the only one who had an MVP season. And um, uh, Justin Fields, he gave me that same kind of vibe as Lamar Jackson. So with that being said, do you think that the Jets will be making a mistake with not going with Justin Fields or any of these teams by letting him fly so low? Well, look, I mean, there's a lot of people that feel like – well, I shouldn't say a lot of people. More people seem to think that in terms of rankings that Zach Wilson is quarterback too. I can see where if I were a Jet fan, I'd be a little leery. Like the the problem that Fields has for a lot of us, like me, you know, the casual football fan – I watched a whole lot more Ohio State games than I did BYU games. So all I've seen from Zach Wilson is all the highlights. I've seen a lot more of the lowlights for Justin Fields, but just in terms of body of work, competition, uh, there, there's a reason why that there should probably be more of a conversation that Justin Fields should be number two. But it seems like that conversation has already taken place. I mean, remember when we got into draft season, like the, before the season was over, there was a good – 
portion, uh, maybe a month or so, where it seemed like, hey, if the Jets don't get the first pick in, in Trevor Lawrence, it's okay because Justin Fields is maybe not just as good, but he, he's, a, he's a franchise guy too. And that seems like he has dropped down from that point. And uh, it's definitely going to be Zach, uh, Zach Wilson. That's for sure. Whether or not that's the right call, uh, I, I don't know that for sure. I, I can't make that call just yet. All right, Mel? All right. All right. Cool. Yeah, let's it. Thanks, man. All right. Well, look, I think that – and we had this conversation yesterday about, you know, why is Justin Fields dropping the way he is? We don't know for sure that he is. I, I guess it's still – although it seems more unlikely – that he will go three. There's, there are people out there who think that Fields could be the third quarterback off the board or that he could go four um, to Atlanta or a team that loves a quarterback. Look, here's the thing. If, if it's just the Jets, it would be one thing if, if just the Jets were saying, well, no, we're going Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. It seems like the consensus is that Zach Wilson is the second quarterback coming off the board. And if Justin Fields were such a slam dunk, as, oh, he should absolutely be the second quarterback, well, then you would see a team like the Niners move up to three, and it would be a foregone conclusion. Oh, they're, abs- they're going to wait for the Jets to take Zach Wilson, and then they're going to take Justin Fields. And it doesn't seem like Justin Fields is going to be the third quarterback either. He might not even go in, in the top five. He might not. I mean, maybe eight he goes, maybe not. And even at eight, eight is Carolina. That doesn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense from their point of view. I know that the GM says, well, we're not ruling out taking a quarterback, but you just, took a, you just traded for a quarterback and have said publicly that you're going to pick up his fifth-year option. I think the better path to success with surrounding Sam with more talent, right? Like, go get a receiver. There's going to be a receiver there. There's going to be players there that will make your team immediately better now. Uh, I, if you're in with Sam, and clearly you are because you just traded three draft picks, including a second-rounder next year, that that would seem to make more sense. But it doesn't seem like Justin Fields necessarily has a spot as of yet. We still got 18 days until the draft, and the draft always has some surprises. Although this year, it seems like the top three picks are kind of locked in. We all know there's Trevor Lawrence. We all know that it's Zach Wilson. And it certainly seems like it's Mac Jones. It's not to the same level as the first two. But it seems like those are going to be the first three picks. And the real conversation starts at four. Does Atlanta go quarterback? Does Atlanta trade down? Is there, is there another team out there? You know, there's not really that many teams that are in the market for the quarterback that would be willing to trade up to get that quarterback. Maybe it happens if they stay uh, where they are. Maybe if Carolina – Carolina clearly doesn't want to move up. Otherwise, I don't think that they would have – I think they kind of ran the cost analysis and is a lot cheaper. Stay where they are at eight. Go get Sam Darnold for a second, a fourth, and a sixth rather than having to move up to four and giving up picks this year and next year and everything else down the road. To me, the most fascinating thing and probably the best thing for Justin Fields would be for him to drop in the long term, not in the short term. I'm sure he wants to go as high as he can. But if he were to drop down, well, look, there's a team at 15 that certainly uh, probably could use a quarterback long term. And you talk about setting up a fascinating conversation long term. The Jets take Zach Wilson. The Patriots take Justin Fields. And boy, oh boy, will you be sick of those articles comparing the two. <laughs> it won't take long for those to start running off the presses, huh? All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's go out to uh, Sam is in Rockland. Sam. Hey, I know you're talking about the Jets, but one thing regarding the Yankees, uh-huh. if, if they continue to lose, yeah. Brian Cashman has something to be worried about because he's the one responsible for putting this roster together. And I think there's a few people missing from the roster every day we all know who those people are so let's try to get something from the all-star break i mean the trade deadline and if all-star break is not a good result well, who's missing from the roster there's nobody well, missing aaron from the judge roster today. Missing. luke void i mean aaron judge and and duhar well you know, no, and duhar doesn't game, have a position but, to play judges in there the last two days well injuries are part of the game yeah so we oh, yankees are all about stars and we need stars on the roster Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, they've not done – look, Sam, I understand that the Yankees have not, uh, have not gotten off to the start that you want. And, Sam, thanks for the call. And, and if they lose today, it's not done yet. They're headed to the eighth inning, down 4-3. Uh, three and six start is um, – I don't know if it's a reason to panic. A- April predictions about baseball are the dumbest thing going. I mean, we talk about dumb things all the time. The things that are predicted – and I would agree, right, if the Yankees continue to lose – five out of every eight games, yes, that will be bad. 
I, I don't know. I, I saw the numbers uh, earlier on, yes, they had the uh, numbers for the three, four, and five hitters. Their slash line, they're hitting 193 with an on-base of 268 and a slugging of 284. I don't know. I think that the Yankees' three, four, and five hitters are going to do better than that over the course of the season. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't need to make changes. They don't need to play. They need to play better. They need to play better. That's all they have to do, and they have not done that so far. I get it. I understand. Uh, all right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Let's go to uh, Doug is on Long Island. Doug, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Hey, Doug, what's going on? Good, not much. I, I wanted to talk about Sam a little bit. I mean, you sure. guys are experts in this year, meaning that this is what you do for a living. But I have guys that haven't jumped ship with him that I've known for years. Like, I'm I'm very close with Mo Lewis, Marvin Jones, and all the guys used to come to a place I had down the street from Hofstra. And uh, Mo, I always call Mo. Whenever I call Mo, I say, hey, Mr. Brady owes me 10%. Because everybody, a lot right. of people don't remember that he's sure. not so Drew, Drew Bledsoe, sure. Uh, Doug, we're losing. Doug, we had this issue yesterday. Your phone, you got to get a better phone for me, pal, because uh, I, I can't hear. It all of a sudden, starts to cut out. So you got to get me a better phone. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll go to Tony. Is in the Bronx. Tony. Hey, hey, Gordon. How you doing today? I'm good, man. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, you said yesterday, what do you think the deal will be such a bad deal for uh, for Carolina uh, for Carolina with terms of Sam Darnold? Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that. What do you think won't be such a great deal for them? Well, I, I think it has the potential to be a bad deal for them because it seems like they decided to do something. They felt like they had to do something rather than do nothing. And Sam, while he does have a higher ceiling, then uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he also has a much lower floor. So it would not be hard for me to see a scenario where he goes there surrounded with better talent, and he plays better, if not overall excellent or, or, or overall really well. But he's just, you know, he, he does enough athletic things, makes enough plays. They'll probably win a few more games than they did. They had a lot of close games this year. And then they'll convince themselves, you know what, we have the answer at quarterback because he's a little bit better here or there. The real goal should be to try to get an excellent quarterback, and I have a hard time believing that Darnold will be an excellent quarterback. And let's say he goes there this year and he just lights it up, right, surrounded by better talent, and Joe Brady is able to connect with him as his offensive coordinator a lot more efficiently and effectively than anybody that the Jets have had here over his time. What do you think is going to happen to Joe Brady? Joe Brady's probably going to get a head coaching job. He's already been mentioned to have some head coaching jobs. So then he's out, and then you're going to bring someone else in and then they have to kind of start the whole process over again. I know that it's seen as a low-risk maneuver. A second-round pick is not low-risk in the NFL. I know that that gets floated out there all the time. Second-round picks, you should be hitting at those pretty regularly, especially when you're the Panthers and you have the eighth pick in the first round. So what do you have, the, the 40th pick in the second round? That's, that's a high pick. That's a top-50 player. Okay. All right. Well, what record do you think they will, um, what record do you think they'll end up? Um, we're, we're Sam Darnold this year. Give me your best guess. I guess I'm what, the Panthers? Well, look, I think yeah. that they'll probably be a little closer to being 500. They're not a terrible team. I like the coach. It seems like he's got a good clue. And, again, they did play a lot of close games, uh, especially in the first half of last year. And just the normal fluctuations of the season, I think that Sam will probably play better. Have to say if he can stay healthy as well, right? I mean, that's been an issue here, or was an issue here uh, in his three years. Was not able to stay on the field for a full season. So uh, if you're telling me that Carolina is probably going to be closer to a 500 team, I, I think that that's probably about what I would expect. Maybe 8-9 or something, something right. like that. Right, that just sounds weird, Tony. They're going to be 8-9. I'm thinking still 8-8, eight eight, right? I'm not, I'm not, I have not adjusted for the 17th game yet. Okay, oh, okay. but I think it's still, I think it's still better improvement than what, than what they was going on the year to Jets, and I think it may – and I think if Zach Wilson doesn't um, pan out for them very well, and I just have a feeling that Zach Wilson may be a terrible situation, may, may, may not be much better than them. They could be in some trouble there. And if it turns out the way it turns out, uh, which I think will turn out, I think um, 
they may be the one that gets away, and we, we could be seeing this whole process all again next three years for the Jets. Only this time, wow. Arch Manning Jr. may come out. I understand. And Tony, thanks for the call. I mean, let, let's not uh, let, let's not doom the next three years like the past three years have been doomed. Right? I understand that uh, the last three years have not gone well, um, but uh, let's not let's let Zach Wilson get here first, and let's see who the Jets end up picking with all these picks, right? They have 21 picks over the next two years. So the, the Zach Wilson pick is the most important pick, but that doesn't mean that the other picks are, are not important. Of course, you have to surround it. If you follow the same plan and the same uh, steps that you made with Sam Darnold, yeah, Zach Wilson's probably not going to be very good either. Now, I think he'll, he'll show you more. Or you better hope he shows you more uh, even without an improvement in talent than, than, than Darnold did. But no, you're, no one anywhere has said, you know, the only problem with the Jets is Sam Darnold. Nobody. And think about the business that this is, a sports talk radio. Everybody's trying to have a unique opinion. Nobody's had that opinion. Nobody said the only person to blame here is Sam Darnold. There's been blame all the way around. But unfortunately, it seems like there's a group, there's a section of the fans or the, the media who have left Sam completely out of that blame. And, and I think he belongs in that blame. And... If it does turn out that Sam Darnold goes to Carolina and plays really well, uh, that that is at least a possibility. I think it's still unlikely, but it is at least a possibility. But if that were to happen, I don't think that you can just transfer that and say, well, see, the Jets made a mistake by getting rid of him. No, the mistake will have been if, you, if your quarterback's not playing, it's the stuff you do for your own team. You, you've decided to trade Sam and you feel like this is the best path forward. It's all important that you pick the right quarterback and you surround him with the best players. But if he goes there and has success there, that, that just means that you have to do a better job surrounding your quarterback, whoever that quarterback is, with more talent. Am I the only one who yells at their radio when they hear like those promos and hear things that are said? Well, they have to surround uh, the new guy with more talent than the old guy. Yeah, duh, right, absolutely. I think we all can agree with that. Well, you know, taking somebody with the second pick, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, well, what's the option? Trade down. You know what? Let's get all the picks in the fifth round. Trade down from two, you know, move move down two to like eight, and then just keep stockpiling. Just keep moving down. Every time it's your turn to pick, just keep trading down. And then maybe you can get all the picks in the fifth round, and then nobody has any pressure to deal with. That, I don't know, it sounds like a solid plan. <laughs> let's, see, let's see how this one turns out. Oh, my Lord. It's, it's, it, draft season drives people absolutely bonkers. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And speaking of uh, going crazy, the Yankees have actually scored a run. I know. Crazy stuff. They're now tied at four against the Rays as they play in the eighth inning. Uh, and uh, it seems like every time that they have guys on, Aaron Hicks comes up. And um, every time he comes up, it, not, nothing happens. No, nothing happens. So there you go. So uh, it's a 4-4 game, and, and maybe, I don't know, look, they've scored four runs all in the same game. Who knows? Maybe they might score another one. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Jermaine is in uh, Brooklyn. Jermaine, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? I'm good, Jermaine. What's up? Uh, I think that my comment is about the draft. I think okay. that being a former uh, 49er, Robert Sala probably got on the phone with Cal, um, Shanahan and, and, and Lynch, and they discussed who they're going to pick. And I think Zach Wilson is not going to be the Jets pick. I think that's what caused the Niners to move from 12 to 3 because they got inside information from the Jets' new coach, Robert Sala, as to who the Jets' quarterback is going to be. So I think it's going to be uh, one of those switcheroos. I think it's either going to be Matt Jones, being that he's already qualified enough to come in and start right away. Okay. And then the Niners might pick Zach Wilson. Okay. Or it might be Justin Fields Mm -hmm. for the Jets. But I don't think it's going to be Zach Wilson. I think that's going to be a switcheroo. That's going to be the thing that's going to throw everybody off. Well, I think, Jermaine, I think the better possibility is the reason why the Niners traded up to three and and apparently didn't really call the Jets or didn't make an official call to the Jets uh, about moving up to two was because they know the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson. But let's say you're right, Jermaine. Let's say that um, you're on the right path and you have, um, you know, a a better read on this. I would simply say, I know that you're in uh, Brooklyn, I would say get to Jersey as soon as possible, open a FanDuel account, 
and you will be able to absolutely cash in. Because as we kind of detailed yesterday, if you were to say, you know, the Jets are going to take someone other than Zach Wilson with the, the second pick. Let's say you think it's Justin Fields, right? You throw $100 yep. down on Justin Fields, you'll win $1,200. That's how much of a lock it is that, uh, that the Jets take Zach Wilson. And if you were to take that same $100 and put it on Zach Wilson, you'd win $3. Yeah, I'm actually a 49er fan. Okay. Well, I, I'm just, I, I think you're a fan of money, no? I mean, I think we're all fans of money. Yes. So uh, if you're right, yes, you, you have a scoop, and I'm sure if you're right, we will hear from you again. Jermaine, thank you for the call. Uh, I'm guessing, though, that this is – I hope you call back, but I, I don't think that this is going to be a point. It's Zach Wilson, people. We, we can keep kind of going around in our – well, you know what, maybe, this, maybe it's going to be I, – I, I don't know. I think it's like – it's like uh, the, the Darnold's thing has gotten people crazy that they keep thinking the Jets are going to pull this switcheroo. This is going to happen. No. All the su- it's going to be Trevor Lawrence one. It's going to be Zach Wilson two. And then it looks like it's going to be Mac Jones three. Now, that, that, that third one is still, I guess, a little bit up in the air. There are some people that think that, that, that Justin Fields would be a better fit for, for, for Kyle Shanahan. I, it's, it's funny. I keep hearing that everybody is a good fit for Kyle Shanahan. So (laughs) I guess it's up to Kyle Shanahan, then, who he wants. If everybody's going to be a good fit. Uh, Let's go to Jerome in East Orange. Jerome, what's going on? All right, all right. Thanks for taking my call. Before I get to my guest point, I just want to say I love what the Knicks are doing. It's just hard for me to see Randall wearing uh, my all-time favorite hero, Bernard King's number. Um, With that said, um, the Jets, if you look at the tape for Justin Fields, Mm-hmm. And this guy, Zach Wilson, I find it hard to believe that you feel – I'm not saying you, but I find right. it hard to um, understand why the Jets feel like um, Zach Wilson is a better quarterback. I'll let you, you know. Well, look, Jer- Jerome, I mean, if, the, if that's the way the Jets decide to go, and it certainly seems like that is the way they're going to go, they are not alone. I mean, there are more than enough people that think that Zach Wilson is clear-cut the number two uh, quarterback in this draft. Uh, I know Chris Sims, who has done a lot of work with quarterbacks and has done a, a, a great job in the past about, you know, ranking quarterbacks. He has Zach Wilson number one. He has him ahead of Trevor Lawrence. So, and I would say if, if, if you're a believer that Zach Wilson has all these traits of Aaron Rodgers and, and Patrick Mahomes, uh, it, maybe it should, you know, if, if you believe that the, he has those kind of qualities, he should go number one. All right. It's hard, 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 hard to believe. I just, you know, I, I watched a lot of college football this season yep. and I, I didn't get a chance to watch Zach because right. for no, obvious nobody's reasons, watching but even watching the tape, you know, Justin Fields jumps out at me before this guy does. Yeah, well, look, in terms of physical ability and build and all those type of things, and Jerome, thanks for the call. I, I can understand that, um, but it seems like the consensus, and, and that doesn't mean that it's right. Just because it seems like this is the consensus that, that Justin Fields is going to drop down, and it seems like the only reason it would be because they think that uh, you know teams have kind of uh, felt that he does not process things at the line of scrimmage quickly enough that uh, he, he stays on his first read too much of the time. And, and while that might work at Ohio state, you know, obviously going to the pros, that's something that he's going to improve. He'd need to improve upon. So uh, yeah, I mean, but it does seem like the draft is always good for some surprises and, you know, I'm sure that there will be a bunch this year, be it, um, Maybe one of the receivers goes earlier than some other ones. Maybe the two offensive linemen go in the per- first 10 picks. Maybe there's no defensive player taken in the first 10 picks. It, there's always surprises. I, I would say right now it seems pretty locked in that picks one, two, and three are going to be definitely quarterbacks, and it's going to be, in order, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and then more than likely uh, Mac Jones. Again, I always go to the, like the betting line, and let's see what let's see what the third pick is. I, I, we did it yesterday. The third pick, if you wanted to bet on Mac Jones, right? You took a hundred dollars, and you wanted to bet on Mac Jones. The uh, the return would be thirty three bucks, thirty three dollars and thirty three cents. If you wanted to go with Justin Fields, that same hundred bucks would get you two hundred and fifty dollars. So that just tells you how much uh, of an upset that that would be. Now that doesn't mean it's right. It's just you know Vegas odds, but. They, gen- they generally do a pretty good job. That, that Vegas place, they usually do. They're pre- they have a pretty good read on the situation. So I would say that if, if you're making a mock draft and you don't have those three picks right in that order, you, uh, yeah, there's a good chance that you're going to get it wrong.
1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. And just to let you know, the Met game, speaking of bad calls in Flushing, uh, they decided to start the Met game. Marcus Stroman threw, what, eight pitches? And then they decided that it rained, and now it's been rained out. They'll make it up uh, on August 31st, I believe it is. Imagine where we'll be on August 31st. Will the Yankees still be hitting 200 as a team? Possible. You never know. Brian Cashman's on the hot seat. Let's go to Alan Queens. Al, you're next up on ESPN New York. How are you doing? Wouldn't it be to bet on the gram, not to have Vicky by now, would be quite incredible. Would it, though? I mean, it's a pretty consistent thing that he doesn't get victories, even though he pitches well. But he, he missed starts to begin with, and then, then he had one start, and they were up to the 3 nothing lead. He gave up one run in his first one, and uh, it, it just, it's just incredible. I'm, I wonder how much money he could have made if he bet at the beginning of the season he wouldn't have a victory until April 15th. Well, uh, look, I don't know that it would be all that great, Al, because, uh, he, I mean, consistently, the Mets do not score runs for him. And, look, he's got no one to blame but himself. They got rid of the DH, the pitcher hits, and uh, he has not hit, uh, he's not driven in any runs in his support. So he has, he's one-ninth the fault of the offense. Yeah, well, it's good All right. Okay, thank you. All right, Al. Look, we're bringing people together, people. That's what we do. Uh, people have questions. I ask them. We get together. We sing Kumbaya. It's a whole thing. Oh, my goodness. Fired up on a Sunday. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Keeping an eye on the, uh, the Masters, of course. As the final round well underway, Hideki Matsuyama with the, the lead there. He's got a three-shot lead at 11-under. He is through four. Uh, the guy, Will Zalatoris, who everybody has pointed out looks like the uh, kid caddy from, uh, was it Happy Gilmore? Uh, he is three shots back at eight-under. He is through six. And that's really uh, the race right now. There's some other guys who are at, uh, at minus six. Mark Leishman is at uh, minus six. Uh, Xander Shoffley. John Ram, who uh, I put some uh, money down on uh, nowhere. I, I completely, I keep betting these golf tournaments and, uh, you know, because it's fun, you know, you spread a couple of bucks around and you get some good odds. But uh, John Ram, the one time, whenever it is that I don't bet on John Ram, I'm sure he's going to break through in a big way. Big way. 1 800 919 ESPN, 1 800 919 3776. But the eyes are there, uh, really kind of watching to see if. Um, you know, Matsuyama, who came into the day with what seemed like a, an insurmountable lead, at least to, for some, uh, that lead, he bogeyed the first hole. Zalatoris uh, birdied two, so that three-shot lead got down to one at one point, but it, now it's back up to three, so I, I do my math. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's take a couple more calls on the uh, Jets and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and Sam Darnold and all these. Tim is in Jersey. Tim, what's going on? Hey, how we doing, Davis? Hey, what's going on? I'm, I'm actually Gordon, but that's okay. Sorry about that, Gordon. That's okay. Um, I've been called worse. To, uh, <laughs> um, I think a lot of the problems with uh, Justin Fields and for a lot of the recent Ohio State quarterbacks is they're, they're more of a slinger than they are football throwers, where Zach Wilson is more of a natural football thrower. Um, and I think that's the reason why the Jets and a lot of the NFL people – feel that Zach Wilson is better than Justin Fields. Well, look, I mean, Wilson's year this year was off the charts good. You know, the, the obvious concerns are, and I get it, right? Like, he, when, he, when you watch him throw, you can certainly see him making those kind of throws and those are NFL kind of throws. Um, his numbers this year jump off the page, but the, the question is it's just one year, and uh, it's not exactly the greatest competition in the world. You know, whereas Justin Fields, right, he might not he, – when he, when he throws it, he might not look – as natural doing it, but his his natural ability, you know, being able to run and pass, and just his size. You know, I don't know what Justin Fields measures at, but he looks a whole lot bit he, like his body looks right for for someone who's going to have to you know put up with 17 games in the NFL. Whereas Zach Wilson, he's listed as six three, and I'm sure he is six three. He just looks small to me at, at six three. But he just seems so natural, he seems so effortless, and, and very fluid when he's throwing the ball. And you know, Justin Fields like, again, it's kind of this slinging type of motion and then also in that Ryan Day offense it's it's unfair for these quarterbacks that they get picked apart like that but I think it's more of a system thing than it is the natural ability for that quarterback 
Yeah, I mean, look, I understand, and Tim, thanks for the phone call, um, that people will point out about the, uh, the Ohio State quarterbacks. I, I, always, I always worry about those kind of things. Like when people say, this always happens. Like I remember uh, the Yankees. Well, they never lose to the Red Sox in the playoffs. They never, Red Sox never win the World Series. You can keep saying that never's a long time. So to think that there's – well, you know, Ohio State, they never produce NFL quarterbacks, guys, even guys that put up good – I mean, look at the, the year that uh, Haskins had in Ohio State, and, and he's been – I mean, pretty much a non-factor in the NFL. Uh, I mean, he's already been released from the team that drafted him two years ago, and, and if he if he succeeds at this point, boy, that would be uh, a major upset. So I, I get it that, that Ohio State does not have a great history of producing NFL quarterbacks, but uh, I, I don't think that you can judge it that way. Um, I don't think that, that, that the failures of past guys are going to be impacted at all by um, how Justin Fields turns out. And I would say – for Justin Fields, while it's not what he wants, uh, on NFL draft night, when his name gets called, and it gets called later than we thought it might when the draft process began, he's going to a better team. And and the real question is not about, uh, or, or maybe a, one of the questions is, you know, we talk about this quarterback, well, they pass on this guy, they pass on that guy. Would Josh Allen, if the Jets had decided at three to take Josh Allen at number three instead of Sam Darnold. Would Josh Allen be Josh Allen that we've seen here the last couple of years? I think that the answer clearly that is no. So if, if Justin Fields does end up going to a better organization by getting you know drafted maybe more towards the middle of the first round, maybe that's the best thing for his NFL career. Didn't help Haskins, but <laughs> it might be better for him. Let's go to, uh, is it Roe in Duchess? Roe, what's going on? How you doing, man? Hey, bro. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot to say, but I'm going to say a little bit. Um, my thing is with these black quarterbacks, mm-hmm. the, the same sentiment is that they can't read or the progression and stuff like that, or that if depending on the situation they're in, they'll be good or not. A lot of white quarterbacks the same way. Absolutely. Right? I mean, more, more times put, than not, these guys will fail and succeed. Not necessarily. I mean, you one side doesn't fit all with these quarterbacks. Well, I mean, uh, take right? a look at a couple of years ago. We had all these quarterbacks taken in the first round. Baker Mayfield, I think you would say, successful. Sam Darnold was not. Josh Allen has been. Uh, 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 Josh Rosen has not. And then you had um, you had Lamar Jackson, who has. But there's still questions about you know there's still questions about all of them. But Lamar Jackson, I mean, it's lucky he even got picked where he got picked at. Because no one wanted to pick him. I mean, because the, the well, sentiment he was the first that he round. It's not that nobody wanted to pick him. He, he just people, you know, a lot of teams thought that, uh, you know, that the, the throwing motion. And let's be honest, he, he's not a great thrower of the football. Yeah, but he's a great runner, right? Yeah, absolutely. No question. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so what what no, what they did was they got an uh, offensive coordinator that was built on running. Instead, they should have got somebody who built on throwing, and he would have had major success. Well, maybe they're taking a look at what his skill set is and tailoring the offense to what his skill set is and, and, and just trying to make him into a great thrower of the football uh, is not really the right, right? I mean, you rely on what the guy does best. And that's what they've kind but of. Well, we will never know unless they put him in that situation. But, well, but why do you think that is? Do you think that they don't want him to be a good thrower of the football, and they're just like, you know, well, you know what? Let's let's just stay. No, they would like him to be a, good, a better thrower. No, of the football. no. He's the, improved. The sentiment is. The sentiment is because when Sam came out, it was all positive with Sam. Yeah, it's turned out to be wrong. And, and guess what? He didn't have that much experience, but they didn't say that. But Justin Fields, if you watch him, he, he looked better than Trevor Lawrence. I'm sorry. I watched him. Well, no. I, I mean, he, hasn't, he, I mean he, looked, he's looked good at times, but the national title game, he was not very good, and he was injured and all those type of things. But, no, well, I mean, look, he's, he had, he's had he big hurt. moments. No, nobody questions that. But in terms of a prospect, you, I mean, we, we know Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick in whatever draft he was going to be in for a few years now. When he beat Clemson, did, how, did, how, did, how did he look? Of course, in that one game, yes. But we're talking about the entire body of work. And, Roe, thanks for the call. We're up against the, uh, the top of the hour here. But, um, yeah, uh, look, I'm not trying to tell you that Justin Fields is not going to be a good – I'm actually leaving it open um, to, to see how things turn out. But I'm just telling you what the consensus of the NFL people is – is that Zach Wilson is going to be the second pick in the draft. I am not saying that that will turn out to be three years from now the right call. And there is a reasonable conversation to be had of whether or not Zach Wilson's one year means that he should go against the head of a guy like Justin Fields, who's had multiple years of success. 
This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, do not adjust your dials. Do not adjust your radios. Do not adjust your smart speakers. However you're listening, it is the Gordon Damer Show on a Sunday as we take you up until 5 o'clock. Larry Hardesty then, and uh, Larry will take you right up to uh, Nick's Raptors pregame. Uh, but just to uh, before we get to the baseball stuff, look, uh, with Justin Fields, it seems like the scouting reports are, are, are pretty much the same. And, and no one is saying that he's uh, you know not going to go in the first round or that, I mean, if you're going in the top 10 picks, that's still a pretty good spot. And he absolutely has talent, but I think that most people feel like he is uh, a little raw at this point and has to become a better passer. That's all. And just because you have a strong arm doesn't mean you necessarily have an accurate arm. So uh, we shall see. I think that uh, the, the debate is out, and there are a lot of quarterbacks in this draft this year. It certainly seems like four of them are going in the first round at the very least. Who knows? Maybe there'll be some surprises at the end. Uh, <laughs> Kellen Mond all of a sudden go. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. But uh, it, it, the consensus is pretty clear at this point. That Justin, if there's going to be one guy that drops, it's going to be uh, Justin Field, and that n- isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. And for all the people out there who want to look, you know, well, what about uh, Lamar Jackson? I would simply say it, it's an individual thing. And there were plenty of people that said, well, how could Dwayne Haskins end up going after? How, how could Daniel Jones go ahead of Dwayne Haskins? Look at look at Dwayne Haskins' numbers. And look at um, at uh, Daniel, and not that Daniel Jones has proven anything so far, but at least he's still on his original team, which Dwayne Haskins has not been able to do. Uh, all right, one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the uh, telephone number. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Still waiting for this Yankee game to uh, to conclude. So I guess we'll continue on with the phone calls here. Yankees and Rays are tied at four. Mets and Marlins have already been rained out. So if you want to get in on the baseball. Uh, there, uh, we will we will get to that. But uh, you know, I, I just I, I'm hoping, well, because I'm a Yankee fan, I'm hoping the Yankees win today. But uh, obviously, a loss today, and it feels like the panic level. If the panic button has not already been pushed, a loss today, and it will be being tap danced on. And as I said earlier, April predictions in baseball are about as dumb. What happens in April stays in April. It's like the the Vegas thing. The Yankee offense is going to be fine over time. This is not what the Yankee offense is going to look like when May rolls around. I can guarantee you that. And the sooner that they can kind of get things going here, and look, they got to step up. There's, well, they have to perform better. Yes, we all know they have to perform better. Well, they've failed so far. Yes, they have failed so far. We get it. But I will go out on a limb and say, you know, I don't know. I think that they're going to turn it around. I just, I just do. All right, let's go back to the phones, shall we? 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Let's go to uh, Dan is in Howard Beach. Dan, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, man? Love the show. Hey, thanks, Dan. All right, so I was one of the few fans where um, as soon as Sala was actually hired and you saw the kind of coaches that he brought in, um, passing coordinator, offensive coordinator, just quarterback coach, I was fine with the whole entire whatever three scenarios they wanted to do. They wanted to bring Sam Darnold, cool. They want to draft a quarterback, no problem. He wants them to trade for Deshaun, no issue. Why? Because now the atmosphere is to actually develop a quarterback. Even a guy like Watson that was in his prime, now now that's out of a window. Yes. Sam Darnold's out of a window. And now with Zach Wilson, again, I didn't hear about the guy until – the end of last year. I had no idea. Fields was my guy. Mm-hmm. But after look at – I'm very diligent. I try to look at every tape of all these quarterbacks when I have some free time or whatnot. And I, I love Zach, Zach Wilson, what he does. But is it my Jets fandom that I'm convincing myself that this is a guy? Just like what all Jet fans or all NFL fans do, they hype themselves up. The only way to really find out is, again, like you said, probably three or four years. But I think the Jets' nucleus of head coaches, you have a good form of coaches there to actually develop. Not like Sam Sam Darnold was drafted to fail. End of discussion. The kid has potential. But unfortunately, you throw Adam Gase there with no quarterback coach, no offensive coordinator. Here, kid, a 20-year-old learn on the fly with the absolute worst head coach besides Rich Kotite of that era. But let's fast forward right now. I honestly think the Jets are in a great position 
to develop whomever their young quarterback will be come three weeks from now. Thank you so much for the airtime. Well, well, look, I will say this, and I said it yesterday. They, who, who, whatever path Joe Douglas decides to go down, he has to be better than the previous two people making picks. Between John Idzik and, and Mike McCagnan, there's no, it, it would almost be impossible to be worse. And I would think that in year one, it would almost be impossible for the Jets not to be better, right? They won two games last year. So I would think that even with the rookie quarterback, and I would say this, if you're a Jet fan, and it seems like a lot of Jet fans are still, um, at least the ones I talk to, and maybe it's because I take the anti-Darnold approach that I hear from more pro-Darnold people, but it seems like more Jet fans are not really all that excited about Zach Wilson, and, and more than enough Jet fans are still kind of hung up on, on the failures of, of the Darnold era that they're not really all that sold on Zach Wilson as of yet. I would just simply say that a majority of Jet fans, maybe um, not uh, it's not justified, but more than enough Jet fans have faith in the GM, Joe Douglas. They trust Joe. He knows what he's doing. Okay, if you tr- that's one. The second thing is that it seems like Jet fans overwhelmingly like the head coach, right? So this is not a, a situation that has been forced on these two guys. They went through a process. They decided that this was the best path forward, and it certainly seems like Zach Wilson is going to be the guy who's going to be their quarterback moving forward. So if you trust in, in, in Joe, if you really like the head coach and you think he's going to be successful, well, if they're on the same page, which the previous head coach and the previous GM were not, then you have to have a little bit more faith that this is going to work. I, I think that one thing you can say with the, the amount of draft picks that they have, and if you have any faith at all that Joe Douglas knows what he's doing, it has to be better. It, it cannot be as bad as it is, and it certainly cannot be worse. Let's put it that way. Uh, let's go to uh, Earl is in Brooklyn. Earl, what's going on? Hey, Gordon. How you doing today? I'm good, man. What's up? Rainy day. A uh, couple of things. One, uh, we had all this hoopla about Sam Donald when he was coming out of USC. Oh, he's mm-hmm. this kind of passer. He's this, that kind of passer. He's the right fit for the Jets. And like the other caller said, he was drafted to fail because of the, the coaching staff they had around him. Now we go to this young guy coming out of college to say, we got two or three guys. And, and, and you're wasting draft picks. That's what my thing. You're wasting? wasting draft picks to keep drafting. Every three years, you're going to draft a quarterback. To draft the yes, quarterback. You keep dra- but Earl, oh. you keep drafting it until you find the right guy. So, so if it takes you 12 years, 13 years, you, you don't lost five, six, seven draft picks. Okay? Earl, they've been waiting fifty. Maybe years. if you if you if you trade if you trade to get a, a quarterback that's already like who? that's already proven itself, then, like then that that should be the, the way that we go. But who? Another thing. No, 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 no. Go back to the first thing. Who's the guy? I mean, that person has to exist. Who's the person you're trading for? Well, you could have traded for Deshaun Watson before wow. the stuff I mean, started. Right. You, I, you, you can't do I that. Mean, and who knows? Maybe that was a path that they were planning you, to go down. But now that we're in the situation that we are, nobody can trade for him. So there has to – like uh, if you're saying Russell, you have to Russell, trade Russell, for somebody. Listen, Russell Wilson was, was thinking about a trade. They'd, Seattle wanted to okay. trade that. You, you had you, – you had, you had uh, 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 Atlanta over with with, with with Matt Ryan. Ryan. You had a okay. couple of quarterbacks. You had a okay. couple of quarterbacks Bef- that was out there, and okay. you still right. and you still. But Earl, you, you talk before but, you get to your next point. Let me just put a bow on this. You're talking about okay. you, well, you're wasting draft picks. You're wa- you'd have to trade at least three draft picks, high draft picks, to go get Russell Wilson, who's 32 years old. You, I mean, you'd have to trade draft picks to go get Matt Ryan, who's I think 35. I, I mean, those are those saying, are short term moves you guys for a team age. that has to be you forward at, at quarterback, it, sometimes it's not just age; it's, it's, it's professionalism and how they go about. Right, but those are win now moves for a team and, and that's nowhere close. Russell Wilson is a winner. Okay, a but, winner. They, but that's a win now move for a team that's nowhere that was two and fourteen. Okay, that, so let's go to the match now. Okay. I, can you give Can you give me some help with this Sam Rojas sure. and 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 Conforto? Uh, I mean, this guy done left twenty one guys on base in the last six games, seven games. And he wants two hundred million dollars for what? We moved him down. We moved him from third to sixth. You put him in a situation at the at the sixth position. Who the sixth position averaged eighty? I say seventy eight to eighty nine runs batted in. This guy's going to be nowhere near that. Nowhere near that 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 number. 
but he wants two hundred million. Give well, me your, your take look, on that. I, I mean, Conforto last year uh, had kind of an unsustainable year. His batting average is probably, I mean, that was certainly a, a sign of, of a little bit of luck and, and the short sample size. But I think Michael Conforto is a yes. solid player. But no, is he a $200 million player? No, he's not a $200 million player. Is that what you were looking for? So who, who, who are you looking to draft? You want Fields or you want uh, the other kid? Uh, well, Wilson? For the Jets. I look, uh, you know, I can. I'm not someone who sits and breaks down BYU film, but from the people that I know and I kind of trust their opinions, I think I would go with Zach Wilson over over Justin Fields. I, I haven't seen a lot of. Uh, actually, I didn't see any of BYU games this year, so I don't know. If, if, is he a, a pocket passer? Is he? Yeah. Can he? Can I mean, he, he can the, do things can outside the, the pocket. He's got field? some athleticism. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be. He's he not make- going to be the running threat that Fields is. Can he make the Can he make the throws in between the lines? He can make all the throws. Okay, okay, all right. I remember this, Gordon. I'm gonna come and get you. I'm gonna talk to you. Look, trust me, I never. I don't care. I don't care who drafts him. I'm going to come back and get you on this That's one. fine. That's fine, Earl. And look, that's the beauty of this position, and thanks for the call, Earl. If I'm right, I will never hear from Earl ever again. If I'm wrong, I will hear from Earl continuously. That's just the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. And look, I, I, and at the end of the day, I hope I'm wrong. I'm a Dolphin fan. I don't want the Jets to be good. I don't want the Jets to succeed. But if I'm, if I'm removing my Dolphin hat and, and my, my hatred of the Jets organization as a Dolphin fan, I think that that's the right way to go. And I think that, you know, this idea, well, you're going to draft another quarterback. Well, yeah, I need a quarterback. I need one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep – I don't want to fa- mess it up. I don't want to screw it up. But you know what? If we get three years from now and Zach Wilson looks the same as Sam Darnold and the team is not any better, well, look, I'm going to have a new GM, right? I mean, this is – this is Joe Douglas's team now. Not yet because he hasn't <laughs> selected the players for the draft, but he's got his coach. He's going to have his quarterback. He's got all these draft picks. He's got all this cap space. He is going to reap the benefits of all the previous failures, of all the fail. right? The reason why they have all this cap space is because they're not paying anybody because they haven't done a good job in the draft to pay people on the second contracts. So he's going to reap all the benefits, and it's all set up for him. There is no reason at all that Joe Douglas is not super successful as a Jets GM. He had, you talk about painting a picture. I mean, this guy has, has the greatest canvas in the world. He's got the nicest brushes. He's got all this paint. He can do whatever he wants. And it's up to him now because this is absolutely his team. So when you hear people say, well, the pressure's on Joe Douglas, absolutely. He has, he has everything in front of him. It's all up to him. And it starts with the quarterback. It's Well, it started with the coach. Everybody seems to like the coach. We'll see. He hasn't coached a game yet in terms of a head coach. Everybody seems to, of the people that are you know, NFL insiders and draft experts and all these things, they all seem to think that Zach Wilson is the number two quarterback, and that's who the Jets are going to get. So it's all up to him, and it's all on him now. Oh, baby, don't feel like Matter of time. They had the was it second and third there before. One out, still not able to get a run across, so 4-4. But it's just a matter of time before they lose this game. Uh, I'll make that prediction right now. The Michael K. Show, I can also predict, is uh, celebrating its new 2 p.m. start time by giving away 10000 bucks in the month of April. Every weekday in the 2 p.m. hour, be listening for the K. Cash Sounder and be ready to call in to claim your 500 bucks. It's all from your home for the hookup, 98.7 FM. ESPN New York. And uh, look, I understand that the panic level about the Yankees, I guess it's kind of subdued uh, today for the Mets because the rain out, uh, you can't win a game if it's rained out. So at least they get a reprieve. But uh, with the Yankees on the uh, verge, it seems like of falling apart here. There's a runner at second and a two out Chapman in 4-4 game. Uh, I know that the level of panic is going to be ratcheted up. It's already started. It's already started um, because uh, I was reading uh, Joel Sherman's column today. And he was talking about how the Rays have dominated the Yankees in the regular season and the postseason. I said, well, the regular season, yeah, that, that's absolutely true. I think the Yankees were 2-8 and eight against the, the Rays last year and on the verge of being swept here today, just a matter of time, as I said. Um, but the postseason, that, that's, a, that, that, that's not true. I mean, they played a five-game series that came down to the fifth game and was a 2-1 game in Game 5. I'm really sure that that's dominated. You know, I, I know it sounds good. They've dominated them in the regular season and the postseason. Well, they won. I don't know if winning is the same as dominating when 
The Yankees outscored them in the series overall. I know that's not how you win games, right? But 24 to 21, it was game five. It came down to a home run in the eighth inning. I don't know that that's necessarily uh, dominating. And I'm sure when the Yankees do officially lose this game, the, uh, the level of frustration, for myself included, I get it, uh, it's going to be ratcheted up, right? You don't want to start three and six. It's been a very frustrating start to the season. The offense has absolutely stunk to high heaven. But I would say, you know, for all the calls, oh, Brian Cashman deserves to be fired. We need to cut this guy and cut that guy. I would say if you, April predictions are always stupid uh, in baseball, right? Because what happens in April, it, it's not going to play out that way generally over the course of the long season. I would say if you want something now that will be able to be uh, a continuing theme throughout the season and you want something to complain about with the Yankees, I think it would be clearly – that the Yankees have decided this year that their number one goal uh, is not to win the World Series as much as it is to stay under the luxury tax threshold. That, that's a, a real area of, um, of you can have of criticism, right? Like th the number one goal was not to win a World Series, even though their window of opportunity is right now. They're a win-now team. Clearly, their number one goal was to stay under the luxury tax threshold. That's why the big offseason acquisition was Corey Kluber. It wasn't that, that Corey Kluber was all that great. It was that, you know, $11 million. They could plug that into their payroll. They could stay under the threshold. That's why everybody's like, well, why would they go get Rukin the door? Why would – well, because he's a free player. He's a, he, he, the, the Rangers are picking up his salary, and, uh, and he's not a good player. He, he's basically been an out machine over the last four years of his career. So, yeah, I mean, if you want, if you want something to complain about that doesn't make you sound like a maniac uh, of firing Brian Cashman on April 11th or trading this guy, get, go get Trevor Story for Glaber Tour. I mean, all these things are ridiculous. If you want something that's, like, I think legitimate, the fact that the Yankees, the team that's supposed to be all about, you know, win the World Series or the season's a disappointment, win the World Series or the season's a failure, well, if you want something that's legitimate to complain about, the fact that they decided that the number one goal, the goal that must be met this year, is staying under the luxury tax threshold at all costs. doesn't matter about talent or anything. You have to do that. Well, then your number one goal is not to win the World Series. That's, a, I think, a fair area to complain. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go out to Ira is in Staten Island. Ira, what's going on, pal? Hey, Gordon. What's happening? How are you? I'm good. So, what's up? I know a lot of people... Uh, it's good, good. You know, it's funny. A lot of people uh, disagree with what Joe Douglas did by trading Sam. I, I was all in the camp for moving on from him, uh, just for everything fresh, soft, the whole bit. Uh, yeah, I've seen enough for three years. But, you know, going forward, you know, Zach Wilson, listen, nobody knows. We're going to have to wait two, two years to really determine where he's going to be at. I, I'm all on board. I, I've been following this kid all year. I'm very high on him. We'll see what the coaching staff does with him. But, you know, you're right. This is all on Joe Douglas now. He has set it up perfectly. He's got his own coach now. He's had the, he had the cap. He still has some money left. He's got a ton of picks over the next two years. And, and now he's going to build his team. And, uh, you know, whether it's Zach Wilson, whether you take Justin Fields, well, whatever rookie quarterback you're going to bring in here, number one, you have to have a good mentor. And, listen, you know, whether Brian Hoy is the right guy, you know, I, I, I tell you the truth, I would give up a fifth-round pick to get Minshew in here. Because if by any chance Zach Wilson just isn't ready, I, I don't want to force feed this guy because the Jets have just ruined too many quarterbacks that they have drafted. So at least if, if they have somebody who will go out there and win some games, which Brian Hoyer is not going to win any games, I think a guy like Minshew would be a perfect guy if they, they want to bring in here. I don't know what type of mentor he might be. I don't know him that yeah. well. But you, you bring in a guy like Minshew, if Wilson has to sit the first six, eight games, almost like two did last year, I think it would be a good situation for the Jets. Yeah, I mean, I don't have really a problem with that. I think that the whole mentoring thing is, is, a, is a little overrated as well. Uh, I don't know how much value there really is in that. Now, I don't know necessarily that I want a guy who, I mean, I would think Minshew is kind of clinging to his own career and still kind of has envision, you know, envisions himself as, as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so I don't know necessarily that 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 you know I don't know I want to set up a competition almost uh, with the second pick in the draft, but look I don't hate it uh, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. All right. Well, I'm, yeah, I mean I, I would I, no no I do and it, regardless of how they play this out, um, you got the system with a rookie quarterback. You need to establish the run game, and that's why Joe Douglas, you know, on the offensive line, he really hasn't addressed it in the offseason except for a couple of backups. 
Uh, he's got to hit on a couple of guys. He's got to get at least one guy that could step in and start immediately on the offensive line. And I would also use a draft pick for a running back because I like Kevin Coleman. And then, you know, you got the Ty, Ty Johnsons of Tulane and all of that stuff. But, you you know, if you could get your hands on a guy like ETN or if Harris happens to fall or you know, even, even the running back from Ohio State, you know, in the third or fourth round, uh, I, I think it's critical to, for the success of a rookie quarterback is to have a big-time running game, and I think they got to focus on that. Yeah, well, look, I mean, uh, there's no uh, shortage of draft picks. There's no shortage of holes, right? I mean, the, the Jets, they, they seem like they have the left tackle. They like him a lot. They, they have some players that they think uh, might be answers on defense. They got the quarterback at two, but, you know, between Mims looks like he might be a piece, but the jury is clearly still out. But even if he is a piece, you still need receivers. You, you probably need a tight end. I mean, the, the list of, uh, of, of holes on the Jets is, is quite lengthy. So, um, you know, the one thing that I'm looking at, I don't where did the Jets pick that second pick? Is it 23 or something like that? Uh, I know the Dolphins 20, pick 18. 23 and then 34. The kid, uh, I don't know if you've watched any of the, the video of this guy, Creed Humphrey. He's a center from Oklahoma. He's, he's probably going to go in the yes, first round. Yes, I have. He yep. is absolutely, I mean, all the, the metrics, all the scouting reports, he seems like an absolute lock. And, you know, I don't need to tell you, Ira, you know, when, when Kevin Mawai came into the Jets, now he was an established player, obviously, but when he came in, he solidified that line and was a Hall of Fame player and, and the importance of a center for that offensive line. You know, it's great to have the left tackle, but it, it, the, the prospect that Creed Humphrey looks like he could be, when I'm looking at players I want the Dolphins to draft and the Jets to avoid, Creed Humphrey is, is probably in that, in that range, that fir- late first round of, of one of the guys that makes that list. Yeah, I mean, after that second pick with the quarterback, you know, out of the next four picks, if they were to take two offensive linemen, I'd be thrilled, especially since, with the, you know, I, I think whether it's Davis from Ohio State or Humphrey, like you just said, mm-hmm. they could probably both come in and win a job, and you have two rookies starting mm-hmm. right away. And yeah. I think that would be a good move by Douglas. Yeah, that, that's one of those ones, and Ira, thanks for the phone call. Those, that's one of those ones that they can't wait on, right? Like, I don't know that they're – they have all these picks the next two years, so uh, they're going to have the ability to, to answer a lot of these questions. But I think that you have to – there are certain things that have to be um, – uh, you have to kind of prioritize which ones you want to do. And I think if the, if the goal is to set up uh, Zach Wilson – for more success than Sam Darnold. You can't make the, the same mistakes over and over again. So offensive line is clearly a need. Uh, a pass rusher, you know, I think one of the mistakes that, that the Jets made, and there were many, but I think one of the mistakes that they made was it seemed like the idea that, well, we got Sam, the hard work is done. We got the quarterback, right? We moved up to number three. We got that, that one crossed off the list. We know for sure he's going to be the guy. And it was like, no, that's just the, the start of it. Now you got to do the, the real hard work of surrounding him with as much talent as you can. And they didn't do it. Even as someone who thinks that the Jets were right to move on from Darnold, I would have to admit they did not do a good job of surrounding him with talent on either side of the ball. You know, like if they had a great defense, that might have helped out as well, but they, they didn't have that either. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.